0: Good morning, everybody. How are you all today? all good. I have Raymond to thank for being here today. He he invited me to give the sermon a few weeks ago. So this this past week, I've been fairly nervous in, in, in taking time to prepare the sermon. But but equally, uh, as as David was mentioning, I've been so inspired, you know, by by what we've been watching uh, about the, the you know the death of our beloved Queen and and the speeches. There have been me hearing and you know, everything has been so inspiring. In fact, the, the theme of my sermon, the title, of course, is For the Love of God, has been inspired by, to be honest, I think I have to say that the queen and uh, you know, uh, of her love for God, and as David mentioned, really inspired me to, uh, to, to develop this kind of theme today. So, um, but also, um, I was thinking um, recently that, that you know, in, in history, which I'll, I'll talk about in a minute, there are so many wonderful people who've loved God, who've put their heart and soul in loving God, and done great things. So I'm, I'm going to give you a little bit of a history lesson today, if that's okay. I hope you, who likes history, theological history. A history of you know people who love God. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to share a little bit with you. I'll try not to keep it too long. I, this, sermon, this sermon can be two types. It can be a long one or a shorter one. So, so I, I think I'll give I'll give you a kind of a in between. Is that okay? Yeah, I won't keep it too long. Right. Um, today actually, eight, September 18th is actually the 48th 48th anniversary. Of Madison Square Garden rally in New York, which took place in 1974. David says it's also 1976. Uh, two years later Washington was Washington Monument, Monument on, on the same day. So it's a it's quite a historical day. So when 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 Raymond asked me to um, to uh, give the sermon, I looked at the calendar, September 18th, and straight. I think I even said to him, "It's it's a Madison Square Garden rally, isn't it?" anniversary, and and so I immediately went and read the speech that Father gave, a long speech, some of you may know it, it's called The New Future of Christianity, 20 pages long. I I made a condition to read that speech in preparation for this sermon, so I did read that speech. Uh, Yes, uh, and I'm going to a little, although my sermon is not going to be focused on that speech, I'm going to share a little bit about it, and then I'm going to talk about some of the great saints I think William would like this as well. He probably knows them better than me. But I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about the saints who really love God and, and, and hopefully they'll inspire us to also love God more and do more, more for his kingdom. Okay, um, so uh, in that speech, uh, Reverend Moon explained to, to a mainly Christian audience, I think, uh, the teachings of the divine principle. He basically outlined the whole principle in, in that speech. If you read it, it from, from principle of creation all the way to the history of restoration and including the need for the Lord of the second advent, why we really need the return, the return of the Messiah. So Father explained all of that in the speech. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful speech to, you know, Father really felt he had to share that to, to the to New Yorkers and, and the world. So one point I took from that speech, there are many points, but one significant point, in in my opinion, Reverend Moon uh, uh, explained why the Bible is a coded message from God. Yeah? Actually, I was in Lancaster Gate last Sunday, and uh, someone after service came up to me and said, Marshall, you're, you're you're a UTS graduate, aren't you? I said, yes, but make sure your sermon is a seminarian sermon, whatever that is. <laughs> so, so I had to think about that. And then when I, when I read Father's speech, uh, then I said, okay, let me, let me analyze a little bit this speech as a seminarian. So, so I really felt this significant point, why the Bible is a coded message. He said that Jesus spoke in figures and parables because, and to quote Jesus' words, let those with ears hear. In other words, uh, those people who are ready to hear God's message and do God's will will understand what he's saying. Others will not because they may even cause problems. So, you know, so he, he, he was focusing on those who are ready, the, the, the people willing to listen to the word of God. And, and so that's why Jesus basically, Luke, Luke 14, 35 says, let those who have ears, those with ears, let them hear. And then he went on to say that, uh, Reverend Moon went on to say that God called him as his instrument to reveal his message for his present day dispensation so that people may be prepared for the day of the Lord. And then, as I said, then he continued to give the whole explanation in quite detail of the divine principle. And so they all got a really good uh, two, three-hour lecture that that day. So... Yes, so um, uh, uh, talking about the royal family, uh, it, one thing I picked up from their speeches and the talks was about, was the love of God. The, the, uh, the, in fact, the, the term they used was uh, the, the, the queen, uh, bless her, uh, even before she became queen and then the king, King Henry III, they, they always said they, they want to be guided by God. They they want to be guided by God. So and I felt you know the parliamentarians, our government people, our ministers don't talk about God. Schools don't talk about God. They threw God out of schools, right? But but it's so wonderful that the royal family, particularly the king and the and the queen, would talk about God. And I, it inspired me so much that, that I'm, That's why I I came up with this title for the love of God. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to share with you a, a, a little bit of a history uh, a little bit of history about the saints but I hope, I hope you'll find it interesting if, if we do it in chronological order in order one of the first people I'm going to briefly talk about is Saint Augustine he's known as Augustine of Hippo and um, he gave uh, uh, there's a famous quote about him which says to fall in love with God is the greatest romance to seek him the greatest adventure to find him the Greatest Human Achievement, that's Saint Augustine. And he, he's best known, um, you know, for, for many works he did. Uh, two of the most famous ones are called The Confessions and The City of God that he wrote. But he, he was actually born, I don't know if you know this, he was born in Africa, in, in Algeria, what is now Algeria, North Africa, that's where he was born. And he's regarded, you know, as a, as a Christian thinker, right? So, um, He's accredited, and this is important, he's accredited with, with um, actually, he's one of the first people who really talked about analyzing the Bible, the passages of the Bible. So, thank you. And um, he, he, it says, he started the process of careful analytical study of biblical passages undertaken in order to produce useful interpretations of those passages and help lay the foundation for much of the medieval and modern Christian thought, and Roman Catholics regard him as a Doctor of the Church. Yeah, so that's that's briefly about uh, Saint Francis, um, Saint Augustine. The bigger part, Saint Augustine. I've got, I've got Saint Francis on my brain. I'll tell you why in a minute. And then, secondly, just briefly, secondly, is Saint Benedict. he's, he's, he's from the fifth to sixth century. He was also a religious. Um, reformer in Italy, Saint Benedict, and he's known as the patron saint of Europe. So uh, he was founder of the Benedict Order of of monks, and um, he's also known as the father of Western monasticism, because he was the initiator of a new way to perceive how how a monastic life should be. His love for God, that's what made me about him his love for god and his will to live to contemplate and serve god resulted first he became a, a hermit he lived a kind of a hermit life but soon he created a community of men who share the same spiritual yearning and brotherly charity so he he really taught men how to live together and how to do things for others Following his example, many centers of prayer and many centers of culture and assistance to the poor were built. In those places, you know, there was places where you could go and pray, and there there was a lot of assistance for the community, with a feeling of joy and giving back. So that that was his uh, attitude, yeah. Okay, I'm going to move on to now, St. Francis of Assisi, that's the 12th to 13th century, He's my favourite ever since I was young. I always looked up to St. Francis of Assisi. And um, as, uh, as as the song we sang, uh, Make Me a Channel of His Peace, it comes from St. Francis. Um, that's how he's probably well known by. Uh, so uh, it's, it's meant to be his, his famous prayer, actually. So he, he's um, also remembered for giving up a luxurious life and... Uh, devoting himself, he abandoned a luxurious life and he completely committed himself to Christ. Yeah, it's because he felt Jesus was a very humble, humble man living a very humble lifestyle and he tried to emulate that. Yeah. So um, Saint Francis, if, you, if you've seen the films about him or read about him, he, he felt a lot of compassion for everyone, from lepers to birds. Yeah? He simply recognized that our Father in heaven loves everything he has made. And it only makes sense that we should also love all the creation like, like God does. And he said, if we have no compassion, it's a sign that we do not truly uh, possess the love of Christ. He founded the Franciscan order and is the patron saint of Italy, just so you know. He's yeah? uh, also the patron saint of Ecology and animals. Right, I'm going to move on now to uh, we're, going, we're going to France, Jean d'Arc, John, uh, John of Yar, John of Arc, as we say. Um, she's also somebody I, I thought a lot about in my younger days, um, and she's she's especially though you, you, you may find this interesting. Uh, she was the daughter of a farmer from the village of Domremy. If my, if my uh, my French is correct, in northeastern France, she, was, she did not read or write, she was never taught, but her pious mother, Isabel Rom- Romer, instilled a deep love for God, for the church and for its teachings. So she, she believed that God chose her to lead France to victory in the long-running war against England, yes, against England, with no military training, Joan Crown Prince, Prince Charles of Valois, Valois, to allow her to lead. She, she, sorry, she convinced him to allow her to to lead the French army to the besieged city of Orleans, and and where they were, where they achieved a really stunning victory. And that's against the English, I presume. Yeah. So after seeing the prince crowned, Charles the Seventh. Uh, Joan was captured by enemy forces. This is the sad bit. She was tried for witchcraft and burnt at the stake at the age of 19, which is very sad. But by the time she was canonised in 1920, Joan of Arc was regarded as one of history's greatest uh, martyrs. And she's also the patron saint of France. Okay, and staying in France... Uh, St. Vincent de Paul, uh, my mother knows a lot about him because her church in in Essex um, are actively involved in the St. Vincent de Paul society. They collect money and give it to the poor and the needy. So uh, I know a little bit, I I, I hear about it from my mother. He was a a French saint, St. Vincent de Paul. He founded many religious congregations dedicated to the work of charity and mercy, Yeah. And anyway, he, he, he basically focused on the poor because he felt that the, he, he wants to raise them up, give them dignity and hope, and lift them up from their conditions and be able to work. So he, he, he was a reformer for the, for the poor people, which is wonderful. And uh, also he, um, he felt also that the, you know, uh, uh, it's important to talk simply with people, clear language, so that they could understand. And he was ready to listen. To their needs. Another goal he had was the education of priests so that they could fulfill both their roles, their roles as gospel ambassadors, but also that they would do practical things for the poor, for those in need. So that, that's uh, St. Vincent the Poor. Another saint that I, I grew up with, uh, knowing about, is St. John Bosco, or Don Bosco, as he's called. Uh, in the 19th century he lived. He's popularly known as Don Bosco. He was a religious man and teacher. And he also dedicated his life to the education and care for the youth, yeah? And especially the most needy, by by helping them to be aware that they'll become adults. So as a teacher, he wanted to raise them up, educate them. He, He used sense, religion, affection, because at that time, the atmosphere was strictness and authority, and so actually he actually he, that was how um, you know things were at that time, but he wanted to change that he wanted them to, uh, he, he wanted education based on love on respect on joy uh, as a model to show to young people he 's also considered as a social saint so wonderful man. wonderful okay and, and now i 'm coming closer to um, people we know about, and that's uh, St. John, y- y- you all know that Jesus had 12 disciples, and John was one of Jesus's 12. He was a fisherman, and, and, and as I say, a disciple of Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, during mealtime, people may not know this, during mealtime, he, he sat usually sat next to Jesus, yeah? and he, he, he lent on Jesus for support, and hence living up to his name, as the saint of loyalty and friendships. Saint John was the only one of the twelve disciples who did not abandon his friend Jesus at the hour of his passion. You know, he he really demonstrated his love for for Jesus and for God. Then I come to Jesus Himself. You, 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 you all know this, but I'm, I'm just going to share this with you. Uh, you know, in Christianity, uh, we say that Jesus is the Son of God, and in mainstream Christian denominations, he's the he's God the Son, the, the second person in the Trinity. He believed he is believed to be the the Jewish Messiah, the Christ, who is prophesied, of course, in the Old Testament, and uh, it's believed that through his resur- through, through his Crucifixion and, re- and subsequent resurrection—you know, God, uh, God offered uh, salvation and eternal life. That Jesus died on the. That Jesus died to atone for sin that humanity has a right to go- with God. Yeah. So you, his 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 heart and attitude was to bring bring people back uh, to God, and his teachings emphasized that as the Lamb of God, Jesus Jesus came to suffer. was nailed on the cross at Calvary as a sign of his love and obedience to the will of God according to the New Testament after God raised uh, Jesus from the dead he ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of God yeah you you, you know this and he will return to earth again for the last judgment and the establishment of the kingdom of God in um, in the Gospels, there's, they, they talk about Jesus uh, with with the fellow, you know. Jesus debated, if you like, with fellow Jews as how to best follow God, and he performed miracles, as you know. He taught in parables, he gathered disciples, and Christians today follow the moral teaching teachings of Jesus. Yeah, Jesus has said, of course, that he would come back. Uh, to come back to the earth and as we know from our own teachings that Reverend Moon is believed our founder Reverend Moon is believed to be that person who came to fulfill the mission that Jesus started and, and as we know like like Jesus and the Saints before Reverend Moon has a deep love for God and for humanity. You also know that in 1954 uh, Reverend Moon founded the Holy Spirit Association for the unification of world Christianity better known as the Unification Church. And in The Divine Principle, the book that was written in 1952, uh, which is the basic scripture of the church, it it says that at the age of 16, Jesus had a vision of Jesus in which he was asked to carry carry out uh, Christ's unfinished work. Yeah. And then, just finally, uh, so today, you know, Reverend Moon and followed uh, in, 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 in conjunction with his wife, Haq of course, uh, to mother. Uh, they've set out to, you know, to create God's ideal family on the earth, together with, uh, with us, the loyal followers, the work of building God's kingdom on the earth and in heaven has begun, and it continues, as we know. So, if, like St. Francis of Assisi and others, we experience the love of god which we do i'm sure when we pray and we do things that help others uh, we gladly commit to god's will and we play our role in building god's kingdom as followers or disciples of reverend moon we have inherited the task that reverend moon started and as as you all know you know there are a number of missions that people can get involved in they've been started by father and mother um, you know, and, and all of these lead up to hopefully to, to make steps towards building God's kingdom whether it be in church leadership, public affairs, evangelism, finance, youth, whatever area True Parents have started, these are all working towards uh, building God's kingdom anyway so whichever field we choose to support because of the love we have for god and humanity it is our desire, you know to build god's kingdom to build to build the kingdom of heaven on earth and in heaven Uh, so we invest of course our hearts and our time let us continue to work as long as we are able to do so let us help our heavenly parents and our true parents to fulfill our mission Thank you.